Hi, and welcome to Northampton Bible Church's podcast. We are glad that you're here today. If you'd like to learn more about Northampton Bible Church, you can check us out at nbchurchcf.org. You can also interact with us on social media at nbchurchcf. And now, here's today's message. Uh, It is Sunday. We're in church, and here we are. Uh, We are in the middle of Advent. We're talking about uh, unmasking Christmas. This is our our Advent series, and you know, one of the things that I've realized this year, we, we talk about Advent, we talk about these, these ideas of, of hope and peace, and I feel like this year, at least for me personally, and maybe for you too, of any of the years in the recent history that I can think of, that we really need to be reminded of these things, of hope and joy and peace and love and ultimately of Jesus. I'm thankful for this time that reminds us of what Christ has done, remind us of what God has done in giving us the greatest gift of all time. That Jesus came to redeem us. That Jesus came to give us life. That we, I think sometimes, uh, those of you that maybe have been around church for a long time or maybe like, oh, I got saved when I was eight years old, that we kind of have lost the the understanding of that or maybe the, the excitement of that or the joy in following Jesus. But may He restore that to you. Because it's so important that we, we understand what Christ is. I, think, I, think I, I guess what I, I think I struggle with or we struggle with is this familiarity with what God has done. The fact that God did what God could only do to provide the way that God could only provide. And I think sometimes we say, oh yeah, yeah, the Christmas. <laughs> but to look at it with fresh eyes. To experience God in a way that maybe you haven't experienced God in a long time. I encourage you to do that. Today, we are unmasking joy. You remember joy, right? I don't... <laughs> Maybe it's been a while, but you remember joy. Uh, some of you, it has been a while. Maybe sometimes you've confused joy with happiness. Well, I'm not happy, so I'm not joyful, but that's not the case. Uh, some of you have tried to find joy in things that, that you found out later, like, you know, that's not where joy is found. Uh, I'm going to give you, the, if you have notes, you can take these notes down, but uh, I would tell you that joy is found in Jesus, and you'll say, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, we talked about hope, and you said hope is found in Jesus, and then we talked about uh, peace, and you said, well, peace is found in Jesus, and now today, joy, and joy is found in Jesus. What? <laughs> Uh, we're going to find that there really is no joy outside of a real relationship with God. That only comes through Christ. And you've experienced in this, in this in your life. If you have a relationship with God, you experienced time in your life where you lacked hope. And then hope broke through into your life in Jesus. That there was a time in your life where you lacked peace in your life. But then hope broke through in the person of Jesus. Peace broke through in the person of Jesus. And joy has broken through in the person of Jesus in your life. This morning, we're not going to be anchored in one passage. I'm going to give you some verses today. Uh, normally, we try to stay anchored in one place. We were in Mark chapter 4 last week, but today I'm just going to give you some things that I think will be helpful as we think about joy. Uh, because I don't know about you, but there's times, especially in the last couple months, where I just feel weary. That I might be joyful, but I'm like, ugh. <laughs> I look outside, and the way, if, if my mood can be what it looks like outside, that would be my mood. <laughs> like, just kind of like, ugh. I love God, and I'm so thankful, but uh, may we find joy today in who Christ is. Uh, One pastor defines joy this way. Hopefully you can read it, but it's in your notes, and it gave you most of the words. But joy is the settled assurance that God is in control of all the details of my life. The quiet confidence that ultimately everything is going to be all right. And the determined choice to praise God 
in every situation. I'm going to break that down for you, not with a beatbox, but I'm going to break those down for you real quick. Uh, first thing is that the joy is the uh, settled assurance that God is in control of all the details of my life that I want you to hear today that no matter what happens in your life, God knows all about it. That whatever happens in your life has really passed through the hands of God, passed through the, the will of God, that, that what is happening, God is going to use those things, as we've said, I think a million and one right now time, that God is going to use all these things for my good and for his glory. We got to get to the point where we really believe that. Because if we believe that, then the things that we face, the circumstances that we face, we begin to say, okay, God, <laughs> I wouldn't choose it, but I know that you're going to use it, and I trust you. And it's really having the settled assurance that, that God is, because what happens is, is that we face the storms in our lives, and we face pandemics, and we face the loss of loved ones, and we face difficult times. As we talked about last week, we get so focused on the storm that we forget that Jesus is with us in the boat. I need to have settled assurance that no matter what's going on and no matter how the waves are crashing over, that I can trust God in the storm. Joy is being able to say, God, whatever happens, I know you got this. And I trust you. Joy and peace seem to kind of go hand in hand, don't they? That God is allowing certain circumstances. He's allowing things into our lives. And I just want to drive that home to you. And maybe you'll say, no, no, I got it. I got it. But to drive it home to you so clearly of how important it is that we have this perspective in our lives. Because tomorrow, something's going to happen. The next day, something. you may be in a difficult season. You may be in a great season right now, even with all this going on. Like, no, everything's great. It's going to come. And it's going to shake your faith if you're so focused on the thing as opposed to the one that is in control of all things. God is able to, to, to really take all these circumstances and work them together for our good and for his glory. And it goes back to that word trust, that God, I trust you. And it's having the settled assurance that God is in control of all the details of my life. And at the end of the day, at the end of the day, you like that phrase? At the end of the day, it'll be dark. At the end of the day, God will make it all make sense. God's got it in, he's under, he's in control. And God will get the glory no matter what. The second part of that is that the, the quiet confidence that ultimately everything is going to be all right. That no matter what happens in this life, if we are followers of Jesus, everything is going to be all right. I like this phrase that somehow, someway, someday will all make sense. I'll say that again. <laughs> that somehow, someway, someday will all make sense. That someday may not be till eternity. God, why would you take this person from my life? God, would, why would you allow this? And you step into eternity like, oh, that's why. Okay, I trust you. <laughs> you should have trusted me before. But you understand that somehow, someway, someday, it will all make sense. The quiet confidence that everything is going to be all right, that whether it's in this life or in eternity, that I need to find joy in the journey. That you need to find joy in the journey. And joy comes from Jesus. And we're going to talk about how to really find joy in the journey. Uh, that you can have quiet confidence that the fact that, that God will have ultimate victory. When all is said and done, let me give you an inside track. God wins. <laughs> and it's going to be okay. That we can walk with confidence. We can stand in joy and adoration because we are more than conquerors. Not because we're really good. We're not more than conquerors because we go to church. We're not more than conquerors because we're, we're worthy. We are more than conquerors in Christ. 
The last part of that definition, the determined choice to praise God in every situation. The joy is a choice. In the job loss, in the loss of a loved one, in the unexpected diagnosis, in whatever happens, it's the choice to walk in joy by God's power. And I go back to that because I don't want you to think like, no, no, today I'm going to be joyful. It is no, God, if I'm going to be joyful, it's because you are cultivating joy in me and I just choose to let you do that. I surrender my life to you. It's really not about trying harder. It is really about surrendering more. God, I'm not joyful right now, but I want joy. And it's an empowered choice of, by God to do that because he's worthy. God is worthy to be praised in the storm just as much as he is in the sunshine, isn't he? That we tend to want to receive the good stuff from God, but when the difficult times come, when the storms come, we cry out. And it's okay that we cry out, God, please help. It's okay. But to curse God in the storm when we celebrate him in the sunshine, we need to figure that out. You remember Job, right? You don't know who Job is. You go kind of the middle-ish of the Bible and you find this story of Job. Uh, it's, I, I think it's funny how it plays out a little bit because you've got Job who had everything, everything. And Satan says that Job only follows you. He only trusts you. He only loves you because you've given him everything. So Satan was allowed to, to sift Job. And the funny thing is, is that Satan took everything away from Job except for one thing. Maybe two things. One thing is his life. What's the other thing he didn't take away from? This is where it gets a little bit funny. His wife. <laughs> and if you know the story, all this stuff is going on. And she says, you know, why are you trying to be righteous in the face? Just curse God and die. <laughs> Thank you, honey. I appreciate that. And then he says these words. He says, shall we receive good, only good from God, and shall we not receive evil? Shall we just praise God when it's good and then when it's bad, we say, God, how dare you? No, he's like, the implication, the, the, the answer is no, no. We'll receive good and we'll receive bad and it's going to be okay. Because in, this, in these things that are evil, God is going to use them. Somehow, some way, someday, this will all make sense. We may not enjoy it in the moment. I'm telling you, there are times in my life when things come into my life, I don't say, man, God, I am so glad that that happened. <laughs> but I can find joy in the circumstances. I can find joy in my life as I focus on Jesus, as I trust Him, as I allow Him to work in me, that God is using those things to really transform my life. And so there are three things you can do to, to have joy in your life. The first thing is this, is that joy, well, we knew that joy is found in Jesus. This is the first thing, is you can receive joy. Because remember, joy comes from Jesus. On the night that shepherds, uh, that Jesus' birth, there were shepherds who, the angels came and spoke to shepherds, and they said this. Angels said to them, fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will, shall be for all people. Not just the good-looking people, not just the people that are worthy. I bring you good news of great joy, which shall be for all people. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And we kind of just kind of gloss over those words, but this is so, there's so much, uh, there's so much being said here. They kind of cultivate and culminate this, this point in time is that, that finally the Messiah is here. Finally the one who will come and save you from your sin. Finally he is here. 
And it's good news of great joy. These words proclaimed were a new day for all people. It was a dividing point in history. It was a big deal. The long-awaited Messiah, the one who we had hoped for, had come to save his people from their sin. The joy was born in a humble stable. And not that people didn't experience joy before Jesus, but, but joy has come in the person of Christ. That Christmas is a divine interruption in our lives. You ever think about it that way? Maybe more so other years, because I think we've kind of been interrupted since March, is what it feels like. Like our lives, like we normally are so busy and caught up, and then we get to Christmas, we're like, yeah, Jesus. But what has happened is that God has used this current season to say, yeah, I'm still here. (laughs) But Christmas is often this divine interruption. And even this year, it's even more of an interruption in our lives. We don't worship Christmas. We don't worship a day. We don't worship a something. We worship a someone. We worship Christ. And celebrating Christmas really gives us an opportunity to pause, to take a breath, to realize all that God has done for us in Christ. Because the reality is, and this is where I talk about being familiar, the fact that God would come, would put skin on, (laughs) would come and tabernacle, be with us, come to us. To not just stay and say, hey, if you can figure it out, if you can be good enough, if you can earn your way to be with me, because that's the ultimate thing, that, that heaven is not, it's not the goal. It's really to be within the presence of God, and that's where heaven is, right? That God came to us, did what we could never do, brought us peace and great joy for all people, and this first Christmas broke into the mundane, the kind of just life was just going on and going on. Yes, yeah, someday the Messiah will come. Someday things will be... No, he's here. <laughs> he's here. I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. Unlike many years in the past, really this has caused us to kind of stop. I don't know about you, but it's caused me to slow down. I mean, I still feel like I'm going a million miles an hour at times, but it's caused me to really... God. What are you doing? God, what do you want to do with me? God, how do, we, how do we help connect people? God, how do we show love to people? Because what I tell you often is a thing that I go through too. It's not just a Northampton thing. It is a follower of Christ thing that no matter what circumstances we find ourselves in, we're to love God, love people, make disciples. So God, how do we effectively love God, love people, and make disciples in the current season that we find ourselves in? But we can't do what we normally Yes, yeah, so What? <laughs> Someday we may be shut down, period. How do we still love God, love people, make disciples? God, give us your wisdom. Give us insight into how you want us to do what we should do, to be able to do, to be able to do the things you've called us to do. God is breaking through in many of your lives, because what, what has happened is, it is taking you to this point of kind of shaking your faith a little bit, and maybe even shaking your life a little bit, and kind of revealing where you're at in your relationship with God. So it's been a very positive thing, although it doesn't feel good. Discipline never feels good, and struggling through circumstances doesn't always feel good. But with the proper perspective, we can find joy. So Jesus came to give us hope and life and joy and peace. And in Jesus we experience these things. I want you to understand that joy is much 
more than things that happen in our lives. It's not happiness. That happy, happiness is found in happenings, but joy is found in Jesus. And I know that's easy to say in church. <laughs> I, I mean, I said that last week about, about peace, but it's the truth. If you've experienced a relationship with God through Christ, you've experienced joy. And it's something that we can't necessarily explain, but the joy of Christmas is that we don't have to try, that we can just be, that we don't have to be lost, we can be found, that we don't have to be hurt any longer, we can be whole. And I know some of you are struggling, (laughs) that you can find your wholeness, you can find your peace, you can find your joy in Christ. And it doesn't mean, hey, just pray this prayer, fill out this thing, and you're going to be good to go. But it may be a season of just crying out, God, I, I don't want to struggle like this. God, help me to help your presence to be so loud in my life. Help me to overcome these things. Scripture is very clear. Think of Philippians chapter 4. That if I cry out to God, that the, the peace of God that transcends all understanding, that I can't make sense of it, will guard my heart and my mind in Christ Jesus. joy of Christmas is that we don't have to be orphans any longer, that we can be children of the King. That's the joy of Christmas. But our joy can be stolen. The stealer of joy is sin. This is nothing new. (laughs) No new news. But when I am walking in sin, even as a follower of Jesus, and that that shouldn't be the case, but that happens at times, and we need to to nip that in the bud. We need to say, look, (laughs) enough. I need to confess my sin and God is faithful and just to forgive me of my sin, to cleanse me from all unrighteousness. But sin will steal my joy. Because we have chosen self over our Savior. We have chosen what I want over what God wants for my life. And of course it's going to steal my joy because I'm not doing the things that I'm called to do. I'm not walking in obedience any longer. You've seen this before, but I want to give you these. Because, and this is not in your notes. So, only today will this be free. Tomorrow, you're going to pay for it. But this is the steps to coming to getting stuck in the trap of sin. And I want to point these out to you because it's important. Because you look at James chapter 1, you'll see this very same thing. Lust, sin, death. The same thing is, is right here. Is what we do is we choose to walk in sinful things. What happens is, is, is we've got to really guard our minds. Scripture tells us that. Because this is where things begin to happen. And so as I, as maybe I, I look and I, I have a, a thought about somebody, a lustful thought, or I, I have a thought about the, a certain circumstance or situation or whatever it is, that it begins to be here. And the thing is, I need to stop it here. Because if I don't stop it, it will continue on through this process and I will be in trouble. It is at this point that I take every thought captive, Scripture says... That we as followers of Jesus need to live in this space where we say, okay, God, I don't want to think about that. I don't want that thought. God, take that thought from me. God, I don't want, I don't want ultimately to be at that end. I don't, I don't want, because what happens is, is we get all the way to the very end of this and we wonder how we got there. Man, how did I ever end up here? Oh, it's because of that thought that you allowed to entertain you, that you gave into, because the process of getting stuck in the trap of sin is that you think it, and when that thought kind of digs in, you begin to want it. Instead of saying, no, God, I don't want that, I don't want to think about that, you're like, well, you know, I mean, she is kind of cute. It is a lot of money. (laughs) I mean, it would be nice to have that thing. So I think it. 
Ultimately, I want it. And so now we're getting into lots of trouble. If I could just take it here, because it's a lot harder to say no here than it is here, isn't it? And ultimately, I do it, which is... I mean, think about Adam and Eve, right? Wow, the, that fruit is pleasing to the eye. And yeah, God is trying to hold me back. Of course He is. He, he doesn't want me to be like Him. And so they took and they ate. And the same thing in our lives is that we, we think it and it takes us down this path of wanting it and ultimately doing it, which leads us to ultimately pay for it. You see this pattern in your life, whether you realize it or not. I mean, maybe today you're like, <gasps> because we get to hear and we're like, why is this all happening? How did I end up in this situation with that person or that, that, that thing? or what, How did I end up right here? You like, like rewind the tape all the way back. Like, oh. <laughs> oh. Because it began with a thought of like, oh, if I could just have that thing outside of what God wants for me, and ultimately I end up paying for it. Our own sin, our own situations, the sins of others. Like we live in a sinful world. And all of that comes together to the potential to steal our joy when we don't have our eyes focused on Jesus. When we get stuck in this trap and say, yes, I follow Jesus, but I really want that thing too. And we try to straddle and we say, I want to follow Jesus, but I also want this thing over here. And eventually you end up in a place you don't want to be. I was going to do splits, but I can't do that. And that's what happened. So <laughs> that's a place I don't want to be. At least some of you got it. Understand, too, I'm not saying that um, to be happy for bad things to come in your life, like, yes, another bad thing happened. My car just blew up. Awesome. But to be able to have the perspective that if my car does blow up, if my house does, if a tree falls on my house, it's going to be okay. It's going to be all right. God is not a twisted cosmic being that likes to like, oh, you're having a good day. Let's change that. <laughs> but God is using all these circumstances in our sinful fallen world that he is able, he has the power, that he is sovereign over his creation to take all those things, to make them, to use them for your transformation, to, to change you, to make you more like Jesus. That it's not an accident that that thing happened, that that diagnosis happened, that that loved one is no longer... It's not an accident that God is in control of all those things and will use them. Bad things are going to happen, quote unquote. People are going to leave you. Pandemics are going to happen. Life is going to be difficult. Things are not going to be get, not better, not getting better, but as followers of Jesus, in the face of circumstances that we can't explain and can't understand, at least at this point, at times, we can have joy in the journey. James says this, to count it all joy. Count it all joy. We don't like to say that. Like We'll count it mostly joy. I mean, if it's not too bad. I mean, if, if we still have, if we're still safe, if I'm still comfortable, Count it all joy, my brothers, when you meet trials of various kinds, for you know that the testing of your faith produces steadfastness, and let steadfastness have its effect, full effect, that you may be perfect and complete, lacking in nothing. God, I would not choose this trial. I would not choose this thing, but I know it is something that you will use, and I trust you, because at the end of it all, you are making me complete, lacking in nothing. 
If we can have this perspective in the trials in our lives, in the pandemics of our lives, we can have joy in the journey. That we would receive joy. The joy is found in Jesus, and that's really the first step in understanding what it means to have joy in our lives. And I'll tell you that it begins at the foot of the cross. That Jesus came to bring joy, great news of great joy, good news of great joy for all people. All people is you. All people is me. That as I surrender my life to Christ, and I receive by faith the forgiveness that is found in Christ alone, that, that I can be forgiven, and I can be free, and you can be forgiven, and you can be free by faith. That's something to be joyful about. In spite of the storm, in spite of the difficulties, in spite of the ups and downs, in spite of whatever happens, in spite of the unrealized expectations that you have of God or of your life. And those are sometimes, those things get us down, don't they? But God, I had a plan. I was going to get married by this time. I was going to have 13 kids. We were going to have six houses. I was going to have all this stuff. And nothing has turned out the way that I planned it. Be able to trust God that, okay, it didn't work out at all like I thought it would work out, but God, I trust you. Second thing you need to do, not only receive it, but you need to live it. That joy is part of our spiritual transformation. Joy is from God. If you, have, if you know Galatians 5, 22 and 23, the fruit of the Spirit, now here they are. The fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And Paul says, against such things, there is no law. And what he's saying is that you can do all of these things and you can do them as much as you want and you can have as much of this in your life as you want and no one's going to come to your house and arrest you. <laughs> How dare you be joyful? Even more joyful than I could ever think I could be. Yeah, keep doing it. It's okay. But I want you to understand, as we've said many times, that the fruit of the Spirit is just that. It's not the fruit of the, of the power that I can muster in myself as I look inward and I, I try really hard today that I'm going to be joyful. You step out of bed. <laughs> Good luck. Because the moment you put your foot on the floor... You're already in the battle. I mean, you're already in the battle, laying in the bed, but you understand uh, that these, the fruit of the Spirit is just that, that it is the fruit of the Spirit in our lives, the evidence of the Spirit in our lives, that these things come as a result, that I have a relationship with God, that I have the Holy Spirit in my life, and that the fact that I have the Spirit in my life, and as I surrender more to what God wants in my life, He produces these things in abundance in my life. If you're not joyful, that may say something about your relationship with God. It probably does. If you're not loving, that will say something about what your relationship with God looks like. If these things are not present in your life, and not just because, like, I'm a really patient guy, I'm a pretty kind guy, I send cards to everybody. No, your heart and who you are. If these things are, if there's not evidence of the Spirit in your life, that that will say something about who you are in Christ in this moment. And that's not to, to scare you or to call you out. I'm saying that we need to take a long, hard look at our lives. It's not to say, go out and do these things and do them as much as you can. It's like, God, I'm not a kind person. I mean, I can put on a smile and I can, I can love other people, but I'll talk about them behind their back. I mean, I have joy as long as people are around. Or I, God, give me these things. Make these true in my life. And God, you know, we joke about this, don't we? Never ask God for patience. Maybe you should. Because patience is the fruit of the Spirit. You want, you want to have evidence of, of the Spirit in your life? 
God, give me patience. I know you freak out. (laughs) It's the same as saying, God, use me. But if you truly want to be like Christ, then it only happens because God is changing you, not because like today I was more like Jesus than yesterday, because I did it. If I'm going to reflect the heart of Christ, if I'm going to walk in humility, if I'm going to reflect any of these things, God, change me. God, pour these things out of my life. Help me to love my wife like I should. Help me to love my husband like I should. Help me to, help me to be the kind of Christ follower you want me to be. Because the reality is, is the presence of joy in your life is evidence of transformation. If you're not joyful as a follower of Jesus, check your heart. And I don't mean you run around and you're like, got flowers, you dance, look at But there should be joy in your life. Even in the storm. Even when everything is taken away from you. And it may be you have to do some business with God. <laughs> um, what's going on? <laughs> Expect that. Never choose that. I would never take them out of my life. Why? Okay trust you. That's such a hard place to get to, but that's a place that we need to get to by God's power in our life. Because it will steal our joy until we can get to that place. If we stay so focused on the storm, God, why is it raining? Why is it coming in the boat? God, I know somehow you're going you're gonna to make sense of this all. Give me the faith that I don't have to trust you. Let me show you an example of some choices. I didn't even make it. I, it there's a slot. There it is. There it is. It's somewhere. Look at it's It's this one. Paul says in 1 Thessalonians, if you've been on prayer and share, I think we've looked at this verse about a million times, something like that. Uh, but these are choices by God's power in our lives. Paul says rejoice always. How often should I rejoice? Does that mean in the sunshine? Does that mean in the storm? Does that mean in the darkness? Does that mean when I don't understand? Does that mean when I don't like it? Does that mean when God doesn't give me what I want? Rejoice always. Some of you need to camp out right here. <laughs> and then I don't mean like, today I'm going to rejoice. Today, God, this is not my heart. I want it to be my heart because I want to walk in joy. And joy is a fruit of the Spirit. God, cultivate this in my life. I want to be able to rejoice always. It's a choice. Pray without ceasing. How often should I pray? (laughs) Often. It doesn't mean like, hey, I I can't talk to you right now. I'm talking to God. But I should have this attitude, this heart of prayer that I'm in in, in really constant communication with God. I don't know how many times, and I'm not, there's plenty of times I mess it up. There's often, I'm driving. It doesn't mean like, driving, so hey God, how you doing? Uh, Amen. But just, God, thank you for this day. Man, just what a beautiful sunrise. What a beautiful sunset. God, thank you for that opportunity. I'm getting ready to have this conversation that I didn't expect to happen. God, give me the words. I am in panic prayer mode in those moments that you know the conversation is going from, hey, how about them browns to, I really need to talk about my life. I need to talk about Jesus. God, give me the words. God, change their heart. Change my heart. What else does Paul say? Give thanks in the circumstances that you appreciate. Uh, give thanks in the circumstances that you like. Give thanks in the, the good times. Give thanks in the, the blessing. Give thanks in the... What's he say? All circumstances. 
That's hard to do. But we need to trust Him. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you, that we are called to live joy always. It's a choice that we make by God's power. We would just do it. Jesus says this in John chapter 15, As the Father has loved me, so I have loved you. Abide in my love. If you keep my commandments, listen to what he's saying. If you, keep, if you do what I say, you will abide in my love, just as I have kept my Father's commandments and abide in his love. I should probably put that up for you. For you. There it is. Do you understand what Jesus is saying? In a very real sense, he's saying, if you love me, you'll do what I say. Abide in me. Obey me. These things I have spoken to you, that my joy may be in you, and that your joy may be full. How is my joy made full? By walking in obedience to the Lord. Not saying yes to sin, not saying yes to self, not saying yes to the flesh, but saying yes to the Spirit. God, whatever you want. And that's an often, we've got to keep doing that. We've got to keep climbing back on the altar. We've got to keep saying, God, whatever you want, sure. Sometimes it's the Holy Spirit, like, doing one of those things. In our, like, okay, okay, I get it. I trust you. The last thing is we need to give joy. So we receive it, we live it, all by God's power, but also by God's power do I give joy. That I need to give the good news of joy through my words and through my actions. That we need to preach the gospel, that we need to speak the gospel, or we need to share the gospel is the right word. We need to share the gospel, and if we have to, use words. That's what I'm trying to say. That our lives should reflect that our hearts have been forgiven. Our lives should reflect the gospel. The angel says, I give you good news of great joy that will be for all people. That joy is found in a relationship with God. If you have that relationship, that our focus is to love God, to love people, to make disciples. That this is our focus. Not just if you go to Northampton. As a follower of Jesus, this is what you're called to do. No matter the circumstances, no matter if the storm is raging, no matter if everything is shut down, no matter if you're in your basement hiding out, uh, having church with your, whatever, whatever it is, this is what you're called to do. Making disciples means sharing the gospel with the things that we say, how we do it, what the things that we do. We share the gospel and the, pr- the prayerful hope that God will change hearts. I can give joy and I can live joy in my life will impact others, that, that my joy is made complete as I walk these things out. The joy in my life should overflow in the things that I do, the things that I say. The people shouldn't have to walk around like, man, why are you so grumpy? <laughs> but it should be like, why, what's wrong with you? Like, why are you smiling? What's, why are you, why do you got joy? Well, let me tell you why I have joy. I can do this by meeting needs of people in my spheres of influence. So if there's people, and there are, there are people right now that God has given you a platform, God has given you an opportunity right now to meet needs like never before. And it's so easy, it's so simple that you can send a text, that you can make a phone call, that you can show up outside of their house, stay socially distanced, say, hey, I just want to come by and see you. Send a card. Meet a need. You, you need groceries? Okay, we'll make it happen. <laughs> That's what we're talking about even with the church is that if you have needs, send an email to help at mbchurchcf.org 
we'll do the best that we can to help meet those needs or, or get people connected to say, hey, this person needs something. Can you help them make this happen? People are really in need of relationships, and that's why we're even together like we are, trying to be socially distanced and doing all that we can to, to make sure that we can do this. Because some people really just need to be with people. We all need to be in relationships. We all need to be with people. But some people say, man, if I'm not, I'm really struggling in my life. And we recognize that. And we're doing all that we can online and in person to be able to make that happen. I can live selflessly. So not only can I meet needs, I guess my question is, who, would, who in your spheres of influence do you need? Like maybe it's a neighbor. Maybe it's a person across the street. Like God's been prompting me, but I've been ignoring that. <laughs> Go do it. But I can also live selflessly, live out Philippians 2 by God's power, that I would not only look out for my own interests, but also the interests of others, that I would serve other people in my spheres of influence. And the last thing I would say is that by living a life of worship, all that I do and all that I say would reflect the heart of just worshiping the Lord, that He is worthy of our praise, that I praise Him in the storm, that people will see your life, uh, not because you are like hiding or putting, I mean, you're allowed to be real with people. <laughs> Yeah, the storm stinks, but God is good. <laughs> I'm struggling, but it's okay. Because God's got me. That God is going to use this, that, that somehow, some way, someday, this is all going to make sense. I'm going to tell you that. I'm, I'm trusting in that promise from God right now. And people's faith and will be challenged, and they'll be like, wow, okay. Normally people just want to curse God and die, or have wives that tell you to do that. <laughs> and so for you... As you align your life with the Word of God, as you walk in obedience, as you walk in surrender, God will give you the joy that you, that you really are looking for in Christ. And so which one of these things in your life do you need? Do you need to receive joy in a relationship with God? Do you need to live joy? Maybe your life hasn't really reflected it. Maybe you need to give joy today. Whatever it is that you would focus on what God wants to do in and through you in this season and allow Him to do it for His glory.